Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Need a waste management, recycling, and skip hire company? Look no further than Algea, Lincolnshire's national and regional award-winning team for all of your waste and recycling needs. We'll score you the best deals in your waste and recycling needs. The only blank you'll draw from us is our zero-to-landfill policy. So call us today on 01724 277 299 or visit lgia.co.uk and be part of the winning team. Okay, welcome back to the Iron Brew Podcast, another in conversation episode. You've got Brad Mel and Matt Ellis on this one, and today we're talking to a real fan favourite, and we've been looking forward to doing this one for a long time. Uh, it's only Cleveland Taylor. How are you doing, Cleveland? You all right? Yes, good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Uh, right, let's get straight in with it then, shall we? So we'll, what we'll do is we'll start with when you joined the club, because initially you came in on loan in 2004 uh, after a few loan spells at some other clubs. Uh, you know, what was it What was it like coming to Scunthorpe in that initial loan period? It was a bit It was a bit daunting, actually, because um, obviously I'd, I'd gone on loan to Scarborough previously and I was just on the cusp of the first team at Bolton Wanderers. And if I was honest, I didn't even know where Scunthorpe was. And I think you had one of my teammates, Jeff Smith. He also came. And the manager said, just go. Um, it was actually Neil McDonald, who was good friends with Peter Beagrey. Um, it was him. He said, go there. My mate Beagrey's there. And he'll be able to help you as a winger. And you'll, get, you'll enjoy it. You know, Swan, he goes, it's a nice tight sound. And I just said, OK. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I want to play. And that was it. So I arrived at Scunthorpe, did not know where I was going. And then, obviously, I arrived at Grantford Park. And what was sort of your initial experiences then? Obviously, you're saying you, you didn't exactly know where we were, you know. And uh, so what was it like sort of coming to the town and, and joining the team from that point of view? Well, it, it, I remember the Friday because I arrived on the Friday and you were playing Portsmouth on the Saturday, but I had it signed in time. So, um, obviously, I arrived and I was saying, you, you know, all remember this. I don't know if it's still there. There was a hotel as you head into town on the left. It was a tall hotel. I don't know if it's still there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was staying there. It was faulty towers. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where have I come to? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was quite interesting. And then, obviously, I got upgraded to the Wortley. Uh, I remember those times I used to stay in those hotels. But, yeah, it, it, it was nice. It was quiet. Obviously, I was coming from Bolton. Um, I spent a lot of time in Manchester. And being a lesson, it was like, OK, it's quite a quiet town in a small ground from the Reebok to Glamford Park. So, um from that point of view, you can understand why it was a bit of a, a shock, but I, I, I loved it straight away. So. Yeah, and then obviously you, you signed permanently after that season. Was that an easy decision for you? Yeah, because um, I think reflecting back on it, um, there was a, just before I signed, um, Bolton actually recalled me and Brian Law said, do not go anywhere. And I was like, but they've told me that I'm going back and Brian was like we're working on it we're working on it we're working on it and then obviously I think we had a game against we had a game against someone that night and Brian went Cleveland it's sorted you're not going you're staying for good and I was like oh yeah great and I was absolutely buzzing because I didn't want to go back 
Um, so yeah, it was a really easy decision, really. It must have been. It must have been quite nice, I suppose, to you know get a bit of regular first team football. And I think you know, Cleveland, you're a bit of a, a fans' favourite. So um, how, how did you feel about kind of building the relationship with the fans? Because obviously, I mean, you're quite close to the byline, aren't you? On at Glanford Park, you're quite close to the fans. <laughs> yeah. so you, you can hear what people are saying. It's a little bit different from the Reebok. Um, so how did you find that? It, 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 do you know what? From, I think if I from the first game, um, I think the relationship it, it stopped pretty quickly. The relation it didn't take a while to build. It was, it was quite a, an instant, really. And obviously, my love for the fans and their love for me it grew, like I said, instantly. So that 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 was that was amazing. And if I look back on my career, the reason I probably moved round after Scunthorpe because I craved that. I, I went searching for that that feeling and I never found it if I'm being honest now uh, I want to ask about your uh, I think your first goal for us uh, at Lincoln I know a lot of people remember this one uh, did you mean it or was it a cross that the wind took oh, it you know what <laughs> after years of perfecting my crossing it was probably definitely a cross now I can be honest enough <laughs> to know but it, 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 you, you rarely see those things happen so yeah, there's players doing shots and crosses like that all the time now so um, but, like like back in those days, we didn't have the Ronaldo's or the Messi's doing it, did we? So um, <laughs> it was definitely a cross. But I think it was more about the occasion. In front of the Scunthorpe fans, away to Lincoln, um, it was fantastic. I remember it because um, I remember my dad. My dad was in the crowd, and as soon as I've obviously I've hit it and it's gone in, I just turned around and the fans were there. It's like, oh great. This is great, and it it was mental. It was mental, as you can imagine. I all remember. <laughs> uh, so that 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 season in two thousand and four, then the one where you're there permanent, uh, it's sort of a bit of a rough season for us, really, because you know we had a good squad on paper, but we only very narrowly stayed up, you know, and avoided going down to non-league. Uh, what was the sort of feeling in the team around that that point of view? Because obviously we all thought we you know massively underachieved that year. We 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 underachieved, but I think you know what we like. You said we had on paper we had a good squad, um, and I think that was the transition to Scunthorpe really that year. Um, we had a good squad on paper, but it, it just needed tinkering. I think what we didn't have is what we got the the next season was that, that spine and that steel and that bit of experience um, because it was a very young team, but also we had a lot of senior players that were were coming to the end of their career. We had Richard Kell. Uh, we had obviously Beast still had a part to play. Torps was actually rejuvenated because he's bit part. Um, and then we had Richard Kelly and somebody. Is it Killer? Did we have Killer in the, mm. the part? Um, so yeah, so um, it, it was a bit of a a transition. So did uh, you know? Obviously you, you signed, and then we we finished the bottom. It was a bit of a difficult season. Did you kind of any point doubt the decision you made to join for Scunthorpe, or could you sort of like see no. the, the ambition to move forward next season? It, 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 do you know what? It, it, it was, it, I just loved. I just loved being there. Those things never crossed my mind. Really, I just enjoyed being there. I made some really good friendships. I had a good relationship with Brian Laws at the time. So, um, and like I said, the fans played a huge part. So it, that. That didn't really cross my mind, if I'm being honest. You talk about Brian Laws there, and actually we we spoke to him quite recently. We did an episode with him, and you mentioned the yep. spine of the team. 
you know, and he he was very keen telling us that that was a you know a big part of his sort of managerial yeah. philosophy. You get that spine in, and then you're going to have success. Uh, and I think he was explaining how basically that was what he wanted to do for the next season. But what what were those sort of aims, and how did how did Law sort of approach it? You know, when we narrowly stayed up in the league, what's he saying is the aim for the next season? Well, well, he he, he didn't really say much. He just said it's going to be a fresh start. I've got new players coming in. Cleveland stick around because there's going to be changes and we're going to be strong next year. And and, and he did that, really. He, he went and brought in Andy Crosby. He went and brought in um, Ian Barraclough. And then he got um, Rich um, Keogh and then Andy Keogh. And then he got um, Billy Sharp. Um, so he did that. But with that spine, he had Steve Thompson up the top um, with, with the Keogh and Billy both playing off him. Um, but they obviously they matured very quickly to play together, which was fantastic. Um, you had uh, Barraclough in the middle of the park with Matt Sparrow, um, and then he obviously brought in Richard Hines as well. And then you had Crosby at the back with Andy Butler, who obviously Crosby, Crosby helped but really, really flourish. And then I was lucky enough to have Chris Byrne and Nathan Stanton behind me as a winner. So it was great because and Marcus Williams had Peter Beagle in front of him with that experience. So as you can see across the whole pitch, it was a kind of that senior player with a younger player, and it and it worked. How did you uh, how did you find Laws as a manager then? Um, how how, oh, how look, did you get on with his style? I, I got on really well with him. There was those points where the, the players used to say, "Oh, you're his son, son of." So um, and I think that came around because um, my whole super sub, <laughs> he, he treated me like I was playing every week, even though I was coming on as a sub. So. It used to be if you were sub, you played for the reserve, and you were in on a Wednesday. Um, and I was lucky enough; I was sub, and I was having Wednesdays off. So everyone goes, "Are oh, you getting that?" It was fantastic. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll come on to super sub a bit later on as well. Actually, yeah. um, let's let's talk about that season then, because obviously it's a strong start. Uh, I think we're unbeaten in that first month, and the home game to Rochdale. That's that's the first one, winning three-one, and you score on that one as well. The Rochdale one, I remember, because um, we had cold towels, wet cold towels, and we were at halftime, we were wrapping them around our neck to keep cool. <laughs> so there were ice cold towels, and we racked it was that hot, and the pitch was dry. And I remember my first couple of runs, I tripped over the ball, and I was like, oh, great, this is this is absolutely rubbish. But then I think I think somebody crossed it, and I think it was Torpy or someone missed it, and it just sat perfectly, and I thought, right, I'm hitting this because I was a bit frustrated with the pitch and off it went off the side of my boot, top corner, and it was lovely. And off I went and celebrated with Mason. So I do remember it, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you, you, we, we talk about the great start and, of course, you know, we, we go on an unbeaten run, don't we, for about 10 games. And I just think, you know, what's, what's the feeling in the dressing room at that point? Because, you know, it must be pretty optimistic. After a pretty bad season last year, How was what was the feeling like? We never spoke about the title. We didn't see ourselves. We hardly looked at the league. So don't forget those days. If you wanted to watch the league, league, league two highlights, you had to stay up till eleven o'clock on a weekday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was rare that you, you didn't have that much coverage showing you the league table and everything. It wasn't in your face. So we were just a group of young boys with the experience. We were just turning up and playing, and and honestly, it was just we turn up, let's play, and that was it. And of course, sort of. Uh, in and amongst that run, uh, we then get the Chelsea game in the FA Cup. Now we've we've spoken to quite a few, you know, former players. We've had Ian Barraclough and the likes, and we've sort of been asking about this game. So we want to sort of get 
get your sort of thoughts on it because obviously that's that's a massive game for the club. You know, why it stands for Bridge as well, and then going one up. It, you know what? It was it was it was really it was different for me in the sense that I'd come from a Premier League club. Mm. So because I'd come from a Premier League club, it was kind of like fantastic. I've never been to Stamford Bridge, but the players that were in Bolton's squad weren't as good as Chelsea's squad, but Bolton had quite a few superstars. So it was more that, right, I want, I want to play in this game. I really want to play in this game because I, I was training with Campo, Okocha, Ricketts, all of those type of players that Kevin Nolan at Bolton. And I'm thinking, I need to get on at Chelsea because I need to see, I need to show that I can play on this stage. And that's the belief I had when I was at Bolton. Oh, it was fantastic. Going one up, just the whole atmosphere for, for a club and um, the coverage that we got was amazing. And then obviously, I had my two chances, and, and, hmm. I, and I tell my kids now that could have, that could have changed my life and my career. I could have been <laughs> a millionaire. <laughs> so that's sort of, I guess you, you're saying because you sort of have a little bit of experience, sort of around sort of yeah. stadiums of that size and things like that. There's sort of the fact that it's on TV, and you know that it, we, we've had sort of players say that does put a different perspective on games. It, so, was that so sort of nothing for you, or did that still affect you a little bit? It, it still affected you, but. It, wasn't as huge as probably some of the players that hadn't been at a Premier League club, um, because obviously I'd, I'd have I'd had exposure to that being in around the first team squad at Bolton. Well, um, I, I remember it. it. You still can't beat it. I remember playing and then going home. FA Cup highlights. I was actually out on that Saturday night. FA Cup highlights. The game time. It was just kind of like wow. It, wow. it was a whole week. I think it was probably the month. That, that that took over Scunthorpe and the players. So. so obviously, you know, Chelsea, massive game. Uh, we, we've been told that Mourinho had done some, or at least he's had his scouts do some kind of in-depth research on, on every player yeah. in the team. And uh, he, yeah. he came into the dressing room after and spoke to everybody. Yeah, that that was it was it was it was it was a surreal moment. Mourinho was the man of the moment through English football. He'd come in people would say revolutionised it or whatever you want to say. It was just a different character. And But when you met him and when he came in the dressing room, he was just a humble, humble man, just kind of really respectful. It was nice that he spoke about, oh, yes, he knew who Paul Hayes was and he knew about our players because of the research they had done. And that just gave us a bit of a lift and going in their dressing room and they were all really, really welcoming to us. Uh, and then, so we'll we'll go back into the league then. So, and again, it's another quite a good run from then on, really. Uh, so let's sort of jump forward a little bit to that that Shrewsbury game. And I think the situation is we either avoid defeat or we could end up in the playoffs. So how do you sort of uh, approach that game? We, we once again we didn't even think about it. We did not even think about it because I think we we avoid defeat in the playoffs. I and mean, if you won, I think we went up. We got second or third. We went second, up. I think. Yeah. And we didn't think about it because we, we weren't expected to be there, if that made sense. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I think Gaffer, he, was, he wanted the playoffs because he'd been to the playoffs before with Scunthorpe. We weren't, do you know what? We weren't even prepared to get promoted. To the point of, after the game, you would have thought we would have had champagne in the dressing rooms <laughs> or some drink. We had to stop at Tesco. And Mr. Wharton, bless him, he said, <laughs> right. Come on, then, boys. Not really got any beer or anything. In you go. So well, we went into Tesco. Can get what we want. So the lads are stacking up crates of beer. Some lads are getting champagne, and we're like, "What are you doing?" But everyone's just getting what they drink. So it weren't 
we'll get some drinks for everyone. Everyone was getting what they drink for the rest of the journey. Um, <laughs> the skipper was pushing the trolley. <laughs> so the skipper was pushing the trolley because he's like, yep, chairman said we could all get some stuff. So the trolley's just piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up. Just as we're getting back to the checkout, Ranks comes down, puts a chicken on top, a whole <laughs> whole cooked chicken from Tesco, warmed up, everything. And everyone's looking at Ranks and like, what are you doing? What you got a chicken for? And Ranks is like, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So we're like, that's ridiculous. So we've got all this alcohol coming out of Tesco with a chicken. So you could imagine she's scanning everything through and then there's a chicken coming through. So <laughs> we get on the bus, as you do. Everybody's sharing out the drinks. We're having drinks. <laughs> Ranks is there eating his chicken. And we're just like, oh, my gosh. And he's just eating his chicken. He finished eating his chicken and obviously started drinking. But yeah, he's full chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so obviously we got promoted. You just said sort of we weren't really expected to be there in many ways. So how does that sort of compare then to the, the previous season where we nearly drop out of the league entirely? It was it was fantastic. Man. It was a bit of a... It was, like you said, it was a bit of mixed emotions because we weren't prepared for it. It, it didn't. It took a while to sink in, and it almost didn't. I think that's why we started so well the following season, because it, it, we we didn't plan for it. So I think that's the way, why we did so well. And the group that we had, um, looking back, we just all loved playing football, and that and that was one of the main things. We all loved playing football. It wasn't a group, and I don't know if Brian would tell you, we weren't a group that were knocking on his door asking for pay rises. We were just the group that liked to play football. In hindsight, we should have been kicking his door down. We move into the next season. Obviously, we've had a great season. We've just gone up. What were the aims for this season? You know, was it um, a season of consolidation? What was the mood like, really? It, it was just to stay up. It was, you know what? It was, it was our first game, and I remember it. The reason I remember it because I, I couldn't sleep that night. And me and Barra, we used to drive in every day. We were sharing a room, and Brentford near Heathrow, every two minutes, the plane was coming in. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, this is great. I'm not going to get any sleep. And it was warm as well. But we played Brentford and it was tough because they had DJ Campbell. I think it was Lloyd Owusu up front, if I'm correct. And they they were electric. <laughs> they were electric. And that was kind of like, whoa, okay. Okay, th- this is a different league now. This is a different league. And, and obviously the beaters. And it was a bit naive. I don't know if it was a bit nervous, but it was a bit naive. But it was, we were lucky enough to have the second game under the lights at Glanford Park, which we always played well. There was a lot. Because we were quite a close-knit squad. Um, Hazy was still a lot of... He was a friend to all of us. So that was tough, because I know there was a bit... Lonzy didn't like the way Hazy left and stuff like that, because we were a close squad. So there was a lot on that game. And then that was a tough game because I think they went, they were winning, they went one up, then went one on, and then obviously I scored the winner. Mm. I scored the winner, um, and I didn't start. So I started against Brentford, but then I didn't start the Barnsley game, and I was gutted because I was like, what? I'm not starting the first game of the season, and I was, I was, I was angry because I never got angry, but I was disappointed. And and Peter Beadie went, you'll come on and score, and I went. <laughs> No way. And it was in the back room. It was in the back room with the waiters. Come on and score, team. Come on and score. I think at the time he was just saying it to cheer me up. <laughs> uh, if I come on and score, I mean, if I come on and score, Beads, I'm going to have this belt. And Beads goes, come on, I dare you. 
Bees used to wear the belt for his bag. <laughs> so, so the belt obviously came out and then I scored. And that's why I was like, where's the belt? And you see the celebration, <laughs> I'm looking for the belt. So, um, and then obviously I found the belt. So that was, that was fantastic. Uh, and then obviously another thing that another thing that we sort of learned when we were with with Laws was that obviously he's he's got a real knack for picking out strikers, you know, uh, and we've sort of hinted at it already. Obviously as Hayes goes, but we've already got Andy Keogh, but then you get Billy Sharp and they you know they formed such an incredible partnership. And I think realistically they've still not been beaten as a pair, but Scunthorpe to to this no, day. They're not. They're, they're the best. The best by a mile. If, do you know what? People look at Billy now playing in the Premiership. Mm. If if you take it a couple of years back, if they, if they pairing were a couple of years younger, they would both be playing in the Premiership together. I, I believe they were that good together and what Billy went to do in the Championship, if they were both a bit younger, they would have gone and played in the Prem together. So obviously, um, you, we know they work really well together. What What's it like sort of playing with them? Because that, that sort of team, that's my sort of early memories of sort of Scunthorpe United. And it's, I, well, a lot of my sort of early memories of the, the time was yourself running down the wing and essentially pinging it into, you know, one of those two to score. And that seemed to happen every week in my mind. Do you know what? It was, it was fantastic because their link-up and their movement it pulled defences all over the place without even realising it. Kia could drop deep, he could run with the ball, he was good in the air. And Billy just had one thing on his mind. His, his, it was to score goals. And the way Billy did that, he still does it now. And, and it's, it's actually, he's not a selfish striker as much as you think he is because he would just get it, flip it out wide to me and you'd get in the box. And that's all Billy would do. And all he would say is, Cleveland, roll it across and I'll get it. And he's now doing it in the Premiership where people can supply him consistently. So, fair play. But they were good. They weren't hard. Billy, Billy, it, it, was, it was an addiction for him. Hitting the back of the net, he, he, was, he, was, he was a pest with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, that's, that's Sharp and Keown, a great strike partnership. And uh, Matt Blanchard, you'll never forgive me if I don't ask it. But, uh, obviously, yeah. you've got Steve Torpy there at the same time. What's, uh, what's that like? What does he bring to it? Do you know what? Steve Torpy... Um, Andy Crosby, Ian Barraclough, um, Paul Musselwhite, they were fantastic for us, not just as players, but as men. Um, the advice that they were giving us um, as we were coming through, and, and, and people forget, it's, it's also like financial advice, life advice, um, and you need it um, coming through. And, and they gave us that, talks with hard as nails, and, and, and he would protect all of us. <laughs> he, if anything was going on he would protect all of it if a fullback was slashing me he would protect me and <laughs> all, all, the, all the talks would ask is that you put it in the box to head it, and that would, that would be it and, and those little things that make you a better player as a winger you don't turn down a cross you get it in the box obviously you know <clears throat> We talked about a couple of games, but I think one of the sort of like the biggest results for Scunthorpe was the four uh, 0 win away at Forest on TV. You know, I mean, I went to that game. I remember mm, seeing too. it. I couldn't believe it. You know, we'd just like gone to Forest, massive ground for a lot of kind of younger Iron fans. It was like sort of like the first taste of going to a big, a big sort of like ground in the league. Yeah. And obviously, we, uh, you know, we we did them four 0 So what was that? Obviously, you scored as well. And you scored, yeah. So how, how did <laughs> you, you know find what? that experience? That day, I put down. Uh, obviously, 
behind having my three children is one of the best days of my life. Um, it was, if Palsberg did, did a day, that was it. <laughs> and and, and you'll, you'll giggle, you'll giggle, but we arranged a night out in Liverpool that night. So obviously, um, the gaffer said, right, lads, everyone meet at the city ground. There's a bus coming from Scunthorpe, but because all of us lived locally, um, not from Scunthorpe, not from Scunthorpe, we all met there. So we've all pulled up, we've got to find it's on the sky, obviously. We start to bop them and we were thinking, we've got these, these cannot get anywhere near us. And then obviously I score straight away and I'm buzzing. Um, and honestly, they could not get near us and we could feel it. And it was just, it was relentless from us. And we finished the game and the kickoff and we all went straight out to Liverpool. So we all then went straight out to Liverpool and it was just fantastic because obviously that was a great win. Went out in Liverpool the next day, went home on Sunday. It was fantastic. So it was it was a good day. And like you said, Forest is huge team. Gaffer was absolutely buzzing. It was fantastic. And then obviously this I think the next real sort of big significant moment of that season is that Brian Laws leaves for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh so how does the sort of squad feel about this? Because we've had the promotion, started really well, and obviously you said yourself in this episode you got on really well with him. So what are you sort of thinking at that time? Do you know what? Um, like I said, Mr. Wharton, bless him, and they did. Looking back in how football, how, how football is now, they did magnificent, magnificently well to keep that squad together um, because they, that that squad could have just been easy pickings. Yes, Lozzy came back in for a few of us, but Mr. Wharton rejected it and said, you're not going. Mm-hmm. And they stuck to it, which was fantastic. And, and that's what happened. And Nigel came in and he had a huge respect for us, but he just created that siege mentality that we're going to win the league. No one is going to tear us apart. We're going to win the league. And that was it. We had, a, I think we probably had a little bit of a bubble when he first left because it was in uncertainty. But as soon as Mr. Wharton said, Nigel's got the job. It was full steam ahead. I think, you know, regarding that, obviously we, we spoke to Brian and he, he, he kind of, he said he that, you know, obviously he, he made such a good squad and he, he made the yeah. claim that he didn't have, and when Nigel came in, he didn't have much to do really because it was already set up with a good team in form. Yeah, was, Is that true? Yeah. Or did Nigel yeah. sort of like bring his own perspective on it as well? Honestly, um, uh, he did, Nigel didn't have much to do with the play. Oh, I think what Nigel gave us, it, it was just, a refreshing voice just at the right time of the season. It's a bit like what teams do now. If they're not doing well, they change the manager and they get that kick. Um, we changed the manager from within and Nigel got that kick. Um, and, and, and it was the team was still there. So that was excellent. We knew each other's game inside out by then. We, we knew. We knew how each other played. We played off the cuff. We knew. So what's would you say sort of as as managers then is the sort of real difference between Laws and Nigel and was as the sort of season goes on a little bit do you sort of start to notice any changes or is it just sort of more of the same? It was more of the same. Don't forget, um, Nigel spent a lot of time with Brian Laws, mm. so it, it was a lot of the same. They, they spent a lot of time together. It wasn't much changes. So the only thing I would say would probably that, that stood out was. Nigel's one-to-one relationships with the players because he'd been a physio. He, he, he was very good at that one-to-one man management, um, which he brought in as a manager. So that was that, that was what was it? What was excellent? Who did you prefer playing under Cleveland, Nigel or Lawsy? 
Um, I, I preferred playing under both of them. It was, it was yeah. excellent to play under both of them. So, um, yeah, no, no, I, I honestly do. Lawsy gave me my chance, and Nigel nice just helped mould me and, and helped me more on the mental side of it. So that's that for and then, obviously, in that season, we get something that sort of parallels the one previously, where, you know, as Keogh leaves for Wolves, I guess it's sort of similar to how Hayes left. Um, you've obviously said you enjoy playing with, you know, Sharp and Keogh yeah. together. So uh, I think Brian said that, you know, they they were slightly concerned, uh, not, uh, yeah, that they were slightly concerned when Keogh was going. Uh, was that sort of the thing for you? Because obviously that was a big part of your game. So when Andy's leaving, how are you sort of, uh, sort of reacting to that? Do you know what? They just brought in Jermaine Beckford. We all knew Keo was going to go. Um, we we all knew one of them was going to go. Um, the talk in the camp, we, we was kind of like there were there were like three three players that we knew would go. Um, and and if you, if you want to include myself, then yeah. But there was three that we thought they're not going to stay, and that was Billy Keo and Marcus Williams at the time. Mm-hmm. They they were the babies of the team. So we kind of expected it, but Jermaine came in and filled that void exceptionally well. What was, uh, how does that sort of... Uh, I- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I guess it impact you then, because obviously we've had this such an important strike partnership. And obviously, you know, we agree Jermaine was fantastic. But does it lend a different sort of perspective when it's, uh, you know, him playing with Sharp as opposed to Keo? You know what? Billy was on, Billy was just on fire. Um, Billy was on fire. He could have played with anyone. And mm-hmm. the same with Keo. They could have played with anyone um, because they added to people's games. And then once Keo went, um, Jermaine, it took Jermaine a while to find his feet. But we had the big man, Steve Thorpey, who actually, if anything, helped Billy even more because he gave him that experience and that knowledge. Um, Torx was good in the air, ruffled a few feathers. We dropped down, bang, goal. That was it. And obviously, you know, ultimately we uh, we win promotion to the championship, don't we? We pretty much blow everybody away. And I think that, you know, it's, it's one of the kind of best seasons I've seen Scunthorpe play some of the football, the amount of, the sheer amount of goals we scored, really. You know, how did that feel? Did you think you'd ever be able to top it? I, I think uh, that that young, for a lot of us, that was probably the worst thing that could have happened in our careers at that time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, because we almost tasted success too quickly. Well, I did anyway. I felt I did when I look back on my career. Because don't forget, we had promotion from League Two. It it came quite easy, if you know what I mean. The club wasn't geared up to say we're going for promotion, so there was no pressure on us, and we did it. Um, and then we got promoted from League One. And if I'm being honest, two months at the end of the season, we were that we were that far ahead. 
can remember it because Nigel was saying, right, every game, every point you get, you get a day off. So three points, he gave us Monday off and Wednesday off. And then if we drew, we got, had just Wednesday off. And if we lost, we had no days off. We must have been training twice a week. <laughs> and 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 it was it was ridiculous because it'd just be like Gaffer, we've won Monday off, and you couldn't say no because that was his deal. But then, like I said, God bless him, Mr. Morton. He his bonus to us was it wasn't so we didn't have any um, extra win bonuses then. <laughs> so it wasn't like we were getting that extra win bonuses for winning and the lads were playing for. It, his bonus to us was um, if you win he'll pay for all of our dinners in the restaurant after training. <laughs> so that was it. So we were, we were off Monday. We were coming in Tuesday training. Mr. Wharton was paying for our dinners. It was che- cheesy baguette and chips. That's what was eating in the restaurant. And it was off Wednesday. And it was off <laughs> that, was, that was our lifestyle. Off Wednesday, in Thursday, Friday, game. Off again. And because we were winning, Mr. Wharton was buying his dinner left, right and centre. But he was happy because we were winning. Yeah. Um, obviously, as well, it's not just promotion. It is, you know, it's winning the league as well. And when we're sort of doing a little bit of research for this and sort of looking back, that where we are now, that that almost seems impossible that we did that. So, you know, winning the league and, you know, I guess that squad, you know, what you just mentioned, how you sort of you felt you got success a little bit too young. But what was the sort of response to winning the league? The, the response, it, it didn't kick in because, like I said, it, it, we, we just worked and it almost came. And I remember, I mean, what, what is it, Steve? What's his, the historian's name? John Staff. John Staff, yeah, with the glasses. Yeah. Um, he used to sit next to my dad down in the bottom corner. And he got promoted. He went, your son will never know what winning the league will mean. He goes, he will go down in history. And, and, and my dad told me that night, and I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, Dad, we won the league. And no, you just kind of brush over it. <laughs> and then you look back and you think, God, oh, yeah, he was right. Even to this day, I, I, I've been to clubs and players have come in and said, oh, yeah, where have you been? And they don't really know who I am. Yeah, I've been to Scunny and they're talking about their career. It's like, yeah, I've won the league with them. And they, and they stop. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, we won the league. And people can't believe it. Um, and... It's definitely all the players that did it. And obviously, you got Billy. He's a different, different, different player altogether. But we've got that medal, and and to have a League One Championship medal with the teams that we had. Looking back in the league, that it is um, fantastic and it's a huge achievement, really. Right. So then, obviously, after that last game, we've got uh, the championship and that's again it's a whole new you know set of circumstances the squad's gone up to the championships as high as we've been for years and years and years uh, you've got Nigel sort of in charge there what what's the sort of feeling like pre-season after that promotion oh the pre-season was um, it was it came around really quickly because obviously the, the celebrations you, 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 we were celebrating like halfway in to our holidays because <laughs> by the time we've had the um, the, the the parade the um, the civic reception we had um, the player of the year awards we then went away to Marbella as a team and then by the time the lads got back and then went away with their families it was time to come back but everybody was kind of chomping at the bit to get back and then through pre-season you have two or three weeks before the fixture list comes out 
and everyone just can't wait for the fixture list to come out because pre-season, the first two weeks are horrible because all you're doing is running, 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 running. And so everyone's kind of waiting for that first friendly and then that first, the fixture list to come out. But it was, it was. Um, I think we played Charlton away first game of the season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one all. Um, one all, and 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 it was um, it it was fantastic. Really, it was it was definitely a, a it was definitely a level up. It was definitely a step up. But um, yeah, it, it was just good to be at that level. Really. Well, I think about that that sort of game. Thinking back to that Charlton away, you know, for a lot of it, you know, we did match them and and getting that point, you know, straight away on the first day. I think that was, you know, it wasn't. I know we did ultimately go down, but it wasn't just going to be the sort of rollover. I think a lot of people expected it to be. No, definitely. Um, but we, we we still had that belief in the camp from the previous year. Obviously, Nigel brought in Izzy, and he brought in, he brought in Izzy Rick Payne, and he brought in a few others, and it was kind of like, okay. Let's 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 see what they've got because we need that help now. The squad had stuck together for so long um, that that step up, we knew that we'd need help and reinforcement, which we got, and it was a great start, as you said. How did uh, how did you find that personally? Then Cleveland making this step up, um, it, it it was fantastic, really. Um, I think I think that was then the stage where I did so well in the, the promotion year. It was almost, it felt like a step back because then I was playing that super sub role again. Mm. Um, we stepped up. I understood it, but I wanted to play. I really wanted to play because I got that hunger and the buzz from the year before and I kind of dipped that super sub tag <laughs> because I was a regular in that championship winning season. And then obviously coming up to Christmas, I was I was, I was offered a contract and, and it, it was at a stage in my career where I just felt a lot of people were being offered more money, and 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 what what I felt that right, I, I kind of want my piece of the pie, if that makes sense. Not being selfish, but we have families to look after, and, and we work very hard. So, um, and and that's where I was at at that point. You sort of say you understand that sort of decision in in some regard, but was it was it sort of difficult for you? Because, like you say, you did have such a big impact before. Was it? And obviously, Scunthorpe are in the higher league now. There's quite a lot of focus on us, you know, comparatively. Was it was it a bit hard to sort of take that backward step a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it had it had it had a huge effect on me because then I, I, I a few weeks into that I got injured again, um, and and I that that knocked me back again, and I was I was trying to get my fitness up and get back into it, um, and then I think we played because I remember slightly straining my hamstring, and then we played Sheffield Wednesday away, and I set up I set I crossed the ball for someone and we scored. But yeah, it was difficult. It, it always is difficult for a footballer when you've been playing so much and then all of a sudden you're not involved. Um, but I think it was more difficult because we'd stepped up to the championship. So it was kind of the stage where we all wanted to be um, and we'd worked so hard to get to. It was kind of like, oh, oh, great, oh, great. And then there were players that we had in the squad that had moved on. So Richard Hines had left. Um, I think Keo had left. I think B was still there at the time. Um, but but the younger players were moving on and, and kind of capitalising on that success. You were um, <clears throat> offered a, a contract extension in Cleveland, but ultimately decided to go to Carlisle. Um, why did you want to go at that point? It was just because I wasn't playing at the time, and and and, and I felt it, it was it was it was a difficult decision to make because I loved it there, and it was one of those where, in the back of my mind, I know I could have stayed at Scully forever, but then also questioning myself. Am I, am, I, am I pushing myself? Am I trying to further myself or have I become comfortable? 
Um, and, and that's what I was torn between. And if I, was, if I had the choice to make and I was playing, it would have been very different. But I wasn't guaranteed that I'd be back in the team. There was no guarantee um, in those negotiations. So it was kind of like, oh, great, okay, yeah. And I know, I know you really... The fa- Do you know what? Fans, fantastic. But there was, there was no negotiations from... Well, it was nice at the time, and he didn't say, oh, Cleveland, do you know what? You're going to be in my plans. You're going to be in my plans, and so on. Um, it was just kind of like, well, you've got to fight for your place in the team. So it, it was it was a bit of... I was a bit disheartened because I knew that I was loved by the fans. And, and it probably didn't reflect what I was expected to get and be offered. And that, that, well, that, that was, I wasn't guaranteed that, you know what, Cleveland, you're going to be back in the team. It's, it seems to me that that sort of comes as a bit of a, a contrast, I think, to your relationship with Laws, as you were talking about earlier on. Because, you know, I think from the outside perspective, you know, obviously Nigel's got this uh, whole sort of era of sort of being, uh, you know, the man manager. Uh, yeah. And obviously, I'm sure that that's, that is the case. But, you, you know, you were saying with Laws as when you had your super sub role, uh, but he's still making yeah. you feel, you know, part of the first team, you know, even though you weren't yeah. necessarily in starting 11. So does that, it was that sort of a noticeable difference sort of, I guess, in, in terms of the atmosphere there for you? Huge, huge difference. And also it was kind of like, it was like, like I said, it was a huge, huge shock to me. And yeah, Laws had that relationship with me. And it, it almost felt as if at times it was, it was his nice's first chance to kind of build his team, if that made sense. Yeah. And, and that's how I felt. I was a bit of, I was a bit of Lawsy's player. Do you know what I mean? There was a, there was a mention of me maybe going to Chef Wed at the time. So it's kind of those things that obviously you think about. And then obviously Carlisle came in and said we wanted you, and it was like okay, all right. And they were, I think they were six points clear of League One at the time. I think there was even more, nine points clear. I think at the time. Just so, briefly, yeah. what was what was sort of your experience then like at Carlisle? Because obviously it is a big decision. You've been with us, I think, about four years at that time. Obviously a lot of success yeah. there. How does it sort of compare going to a new team? Because like you say, it is you know you you could have become quite you or you did become quite comfortable here, and you could have carried on. Yeah, it, it, you know what? It was it was it was definitely a shock to me in the sense that I, I moved at a bad time because I was ill at the time. So um, I was ill at the time. I can remember I had a stomach bug. I'd been in hospital and it was getting closer and closer to the end of January. And it was like, okay, well, I've been ill. And then all of a sudden I was given the call, right, you're going to Carlisle. So I hardly trained for like two weeks. I've been well. And I was driving up to um, to, to Carlisle. And it was difficult because I got there. Like I said, I wasn't fit, but they were kind of almost, they, they'd paid a fee for me. So they, they weren't expecting me to come in half fit they were expecting me to come in and, and play. Um, and and that's, 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 that was difficult. I mean, it took me a while to find my feet there. It was, it was the polar opposite. I, I went from being fan favourite to kind of being, who, who is this kind of a flop? But once I got my act together, I turned it around to become a favourite there and, and I had a good season. I got player of the year. So that, that, that was difficult, but it showed my steel again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, obviously, you've mentioned just just then that um, 
you know, you, it's comfortable with Scunthorpe United, you know, that you would have been quite happy to stay there. You, they, the yeah. team's done exactly what they wanted to do by getting to the championship. Uh, yeah. Just jumping forward slightly, having left for Carlisle, and then we're going to talk about the relegation in a second, but seeing what they would do again, you know, on the bounce back the following year with, you know, Wembley and that sort of, I guess the mm. Nigel's sort of second team in a way with Hooper yeah. and, you know, Hayes again. Do you sort of wish maybe you'd stayed and been sort of a part of that team as well? In in hindsight, um, I, I, I went chasing. I look back on my career and, and I, I can say it now, I'm old enough, but I, I chased... Um, that success and that feeling that I had at Scunny and I got with Laws. And, and when you're chasing it, you don't realise what you, you, you achieved at such a young young age, really. And I, and I never did until only probably recently that flipping out, Cleveland. You won, you had two promotions, played in the championship, mm. all, all under the age of 24. <laughs> so mm. 24, 25, I'd, I'd done more than a lot of players would do out of their whole career. Um, yes, it's at a lower level, but when you're young and you're, you're tasting that success, you think that's it. Um, but you had the Ian Barrowcroft, the Andy Crosby's, and they were saying, it's not always like this, boy. But that that was the mentality we had. So, um, you know, let's let's talk about having seen, you know, what the squad would do the following year, sort of like at Wembley, and obviously we had a bit more success there. Do you kind of wish you stayed after going to Carlisle? Is, is that a regret you've got, or were you kind of you know, happy to kind of try to your arm somewhere else? Do you know what? You, you, in, 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 you always have some form of regrets, but at the end of the day, I, I could have stayed at Scunny for, for the rest of my career. I could have probably had a testimonial like Matt Sparrow, um, but it, it depends on your character at the end of the day. And, and, and I love that at Scunny, but sometimes you've got to just try and further yourself and enjoy it and see what experience comes from it. Let's just come back then, because obviously we're in the championship. We knew it was going to be a struggle, but obviously as we've talked about, we you know good start against Charlton, and you know we did actually quite well. I think that you know that season yeah. far better than a lot of people expected. Yeah. And I think thinking back now, off the top of my head, if I'm right, that um, the amount of points we got that season, pretty much any other year, would have the been highest. enough to stay up. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would have yeah, been enough. Yeah. So obviously it is it is a relegation, but was there sort of some some comfort from that fact? No, no, because um, I, 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 like I said, I, I love Scunthorpe and, and it's, it's always had a part of my heart. So anytime, even now, I look at them and I, and, I, and I don't necessarily look at them and think, oh yeah, look, they've done all right, they've done this, or they've not done as well as we did. I look at them in the fact that I feel sorry for the fans because I have that connection with the fans and I, I want the teams, whatever teams there are, what, to do well because of that's the affection that I had and that relationship that I had with the fans. So, uh, yeah, so no, I never looked at it in that way. There was a, there was a, there was a whisper um, when I, just when I went to St. Johnson, Nigel and Ian Barraclough were in charge and they rang me and asked me what I was doing when I was at Brentford and they were like, oh, we'll see what he's at. I think Hazy then went back as well. Um, but, you know, I thought, you know what, let me go and see what the Scottish trend's all about and just have an experience and experience different things in football, really. So, and there are things that I can, they'll stay with me forever, really. Can't really complain. Uh, so we'll, what we'll do is we'll go on to a couple of general questions because that's what we yeah. sort of tend to do to end with. But yeah. uh, as you were just sort of mentioning there about this sort of being a, a fan's favourite, I think let, let's sort of really focus on that because, you know, you did and it was it was quite early on that you sort of gained that. And there was just sort of little little moments sort of in games that would, you know, would, would I guess, 
you know make yourself that role and uh, uh, matt who's not on this episode at the minute he you know he had a story of a, a game at sheffield wednesday mid-game the crowd singing your name and you you know sort of stopped and waved at them you know mid-game yeah and, and, and that's what we had we had it, it like people would say we had that uh, relationship and it was banter and and the more i look back at it i would i was like i was like for some fans i was like mom might like, either love me or you hated me because days i could be electric and days i could be you didn't, you didn't know. I was unpredictable. I played off the cuff. That's the way I moved. Um, and so I could understand now, when when I understand more and I'm mature with the game, that, yeah, I could understand how I was probably frustrating at times. But no, it did. It, it was very early. I think it was in my first loan period that the relationship really started to build pretty quickly. So, of course, you know, Cleveland, you, uh, you had the reputation of being a bit of a super sub. Um, you know, we've yeah. spoken about it a little bit. Um, was it something you kind of embraced or you hated it? Um, you know, I, I can imagine it was a little bit challenging to be known as a super sub where really you want to be playing 90 minutes every week, don't yeah. you? But do you know what? Um, it, was, it, was, it, it was my role. And, and it was never, whenever I came on the sub, I almost, almost knew that we were going to do something or we were going to win. I almost found it easy. I was like, right, I'm coming on now. Yeah, all right, I'm going to change this game. And I kind of had that mindset all the time. And, and, it, and it was like, and the fans would start shouting, Cleveland, Cleveland, and I weren't even ready. And you, you can hear, <laughs> and you're sitting on the bench, and the other lads are like nudging me like, oh, look, 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 look. And some of them, they won't like it, because if you've got all the fans shouting, Cleveland, Cleveland, and they're on the bench, they're thinking, great, I'm not getting on them. He's going to go on next. And, and that's what it was like. And, and I think it was difficult for some of the players playing in my position because they were probably thinking, great, I'm going to come off now because he's coming on. So that's the way it was. Lozzie used to say, he used to set his team up in that way at times, knowing that I was going to come off. Well, I was going to say, we, we did have a question in, actually, on, on that sort of very thing. They're sort of talking about the crowd sort of shouting your name. Uh, and then, you know, the phrase they've used is, you know, shouting until Lawsy relented. And is is it? do you think that was a, an impact? Was he designing to bring you on? Or do you think there were times where he literally did just sort of think, well, there's a lot of pressure here. This is clearly what the fans want. We've got to bring him on. Um, I, I think my relationship with Lawsy, he knew what we could do. And, and he would be like, you know what, let's wait. And then I'll bring him on. And, and it was almost his weapon um, of having that on the bench. If we're winning and we're ahead, great, send him on. Prove it if we're not, and it's cages, send him on. He'll change the game. And he, and Lawsy knew it, and and he would, he would say it to me as well. He'd say, "Make sure you're ready." And 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 that that was it. So it, it was kind of some. There were probably one or two games where he's like, "Do you know what? Let me manage my team." But I think it was he couldn't win really because. If I was sub and I came on and changed the game, fantastic. If I was sub and I didn't come on, then fans would say, why is he not starting? So it was just one of those, really. <laughs> Can we, I just want to talk about something. Here. I, I remember um, you know, quite a remarkable goal you scored. You probably remember this. I can't remember who it was against, but I'm sure you scored a header from 20 yards out. Outside at the Park. Yeah. Yeah. How on earth did that happen? <laughs> you know what? I... It was quite funny because um, obviously me and Andy Butler used to always like just banter each other. And he only scored headers. And he, Andy Butler corner head up goal. That was it. Corner head up goal. And I said, like, "Watch Butler, I'll score a header." And he was like, "No, you won't. You'll never score a header." And it bounced header, and it just looped straight in, and it went in. So yeah. it, it was a great goal. So you don't see many of them. If, if I scored a goal like that now, it'd be on the TV. Yeah. 
is is that um, one of your favourite ones, or you know, do you have a favourite goal for Scunthorpe? Forest, the Forest goal. Yeah. Yeah, it weren't it weren't one of my best goals, but it was just it was the whole occasion really that yeah. that, that I liked the Forest goal. Um, we worked on that in the week. I was working on it um, about me having that composure in front of goal, and and that's the way I, I finished it that way. And and that's why it was it was a good goal because it's just that composure in front of the TV and we went on to win, which was great. So something uh, a lot of Scunny fans will remember Cleveland when you played uh, Glenford Park was that you already always played with a big smile on your face. You were clearly enjoying your football, especially at corners. And um, yeah. it, you seem to play better when uh, on the opposition side of the dugout. Is there anything any reason for that? Yeah, I loved it over there. Going yeah, I I, I don't know what it was. I loved it in that bottom corner. And and you know what? Some some of those fans now are still my friends and still follow me on social media now that used to sit there, that were children when they sit there now. And then now now they're following me on social media and they're grown men and adults mm. and it's amazing. So um that that is special and that just shows how special the relationship was. Um but yeah, I I, I did love playing that side and in that bottom corner. Um and but Scunny always attack well to that end anyway <laughs> uh, so uh, you mentioned sort of earlier on in the episode that you after Scunthorpe a lot of the time you would sort of jump around clubs on loans and things like that uh, and then in 2013 you end up at Grimsby Town for a little bit uh, so yeah. what what are your sort of experiences there what are your feelings you know did this sort of the Scunthorpe connection come into your mind at all at that point well do you know what it was a really difficult time in my career I, I, I've been struggling massively um, I had injuries um, I'd moved back home. Um, it, it was a really, really dark moment in my career. I, I was struggling with the game, and I was at Burton. Um, I was frozen out. Um, they, they wanted to get me out, training with the kids, running around when the first team were away, saying we're not going to pay you up, and it just being really, really horrible. This other side of football that happens, and it was either I, I sat there and I, and I went stale, or I just went to Grimsby and I just played. Um, there, there was nothing. There was nothing. Um, there was no thought in it really. I just needed to play, and knowing you just need to get out and play. And, and they were coming up to the end of the season. I had a bit to. They had a bit to. Uh, they had something to play for, and, and that's why I just went there to play. I think I played one game, and that was it. So it was more of a case just to try and go somewhere to play, to get my name back in the shop window for the following season. And then, as, as you as you probably know, the following season I didn't get a club. Which was which was really difficult. So um, that's where I was at in my career at that point, going to Grimsby. Um, so it weren't kind of oh yeah, I went to Grimsby and I played for Scunthorpe. It was more I'm going because I need games to get in the shot window for next season. Mm. That's so fine, mate. We still love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? And, and it's one of them, really. I would have gone anywhere if 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 if, if I was if I was going to get those games. That that was the, the reality of it, and, and it was a sad, sad moment. Like I said. In my career, it was a tough, tough time in my career, really. So, you and were I still didn't help them get promoted. So, there you go. <laughs> did something for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk a bit, little bit about your uh, international career with Jamaica, Cleveland. So, obviously, you played for Jamaica under 20 and under 23s, and also yeah. you you rep- uh, represented Jamaica at Olympic level. How was that yeah, for you? Yeah, that that was fantastic. Do you know what? It, it, it was a, I had a decision to make, and the sacrifice was actually I sacrificed that in my having a better international career for Scunthorpe, really, because at the time 
when I was at Bolton, I just got involved in Jamaica, the Olympic squad, and the, the, twin, and the 20s. When I arrived at Spencer, like, I don't know if you remember the story, it was um, Jesus uh, Scunthorpe over Florida that was on the back of the paper. Um, because they had qualified in Florida, and I'd just come to you, and I was just playing. And I said, I, I can't really go, um, because at that time, um, my contract was up at Bolton. I'd just come on loan to you guys. And I was kind of like, I can't be going on international because I'm still a young player. I need to find a club. So I kind of turned that down. And that was a bit of the decline of, of that international career. But in hindsight, look what happened the two years, three years after. As we've said, we've uh, we talked to Ian Barraclough quite recently. Yeah. Uh, and he one of the things he mentioned was that, um, you know, it, you two would often travel together, you know, from, from yeah. Leicester, I think, uh, to the training yeah. that. And he said you had, you know, quite a few good experiences on them sort of mini road trips. You know, what what were your sort of memories of that? <laughs> the memories of that were probably me sleeping half the time. I didn't <laughs> say that. Barra would pick me up and I'd be like, morning, Barra, and I'd fall asleep. And then I was at Glasgow Park and he's like, bloody hell, team, no, you do is sleep. And I was like, I'm tired, Barra. Um, but there we are. Coming out of youth team football at Bolton and coming into first team, he was fantastic. And like the car school, I don't know if he said it, but we probably couldn't have done it without each other. And I think if that's the honest truth, we couldn't have done it without each other. And, and, and we, yeah, we did. We were really close and we had a lot of giggles. So it was a top one. And, and then I, I guess, you know, I suppose you've, you've sort of done this throughout this episode. But let's just sort of end, I guess, with what are your sort of overall feelings about Scunthorpe and how how it's sort of what it's meant to you as a player. Well, I, 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 as you do, once you come out of football, you have a few tough periods, and all footballers do. It's probably the side you don't really hear about. But um, I kind of I kind of shut football out um, because sometimes it's easier to deal with your career that way than be watching it and be and. and one of my regrets is, and, and to, to this day, is that I've never said bye to the fans, mm. and I've never been back since. Um, I am talking with the chorus to get back, but it, it's that, that's how that's how close it is to me, if that makes sense. Um, and that's the only place that has that kind of feeling and, and uh, what you say, that, that affection towards really. And, and, and that, but yeah, it's it's, it's it's one thing that I always kind of think about, and I think, oh, just one more. I'd love it just to run out and go to the park one last time, but hey, that's life. Well, <laughs> uh, you, I'm sure I speak for all the fans and saying you are welcome back at Northern Park anytime. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for doing this. We really appreciate it. It's a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. All the usual things like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.